0: Sports fans, welcome back to the TMG podcast. This is Chris Dufrane of TMG, joined by the uh, the starting lineup uh, at uh, playing center field Tony Barnhart in Atlanta, uh, shortstop Herb Gould, the Gould Standard out of Chicago, and uh, backup catcher we call it, uh, Mark <laughs> Belouchian. <Blushen. laughs> that was the bullpen, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, before we get started, we want to thank uh, a- APBA, AppaGames.com for being our sponsor all year. I don't know how many more podcasts we're going to do. We'll, I'm sure we'll do a few more leading up to the uh, playoffs, and uh, we want to thank Appa, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games. Uh, check them out, AppaGames.com, uh, Jersey Guy, is uh, I'm trying to think. I was trying to think of some really good historical matchups I wanted to see. Uh, we talked about the uh, Cubs, 1908 Cubs, and uh, maybe this year's Red Sox. Uh, but uh, have you played? Have you been playing baseball since the World Series ended, Jersey guy? Are you? No, not, not
1: really. But I, I did get excited a little bit this morning. You read in the paper they announced the Red Sox. Uh, uh, schedule uh, opening, you know, spring training schedule, and also they're going to play the season opener at Seattle on March 28th. So I'm, I'm already getting my cards ready for this for the season opener in Seattle.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that uh, that should be fun. But again, check it out, uh, uh, EpicGames.com. We also are very excited today. Actually, today we are merging, and we know how painful that can be. Emerging, but it's a very exciting with the MAVEN, uh, TMG MAVEN. We're joining a new Sports Coalition platform. Uh, it has us all very excited. It should bring us a lot more uh, r- uh, viewership, and uh, we're, we're excited to be involved in that. And let's get right to the main story of the week, which is, of course, Pac-12 football. Let's get right in oh. <laughs> Utah, Washington. Uh, no, let's get to the the big story, and uh, we'll bring in Mr. College Football to start out because all things uh, about the college ranking uh, kind of revolve around the SEC. And Tony, let's bring you in on uh, the, the, the 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 last rankings before the final reveal. And I think I, I think what was what was telling here uh, was the position of Oklahoma ahead of Ohio State, right. Doesn't that pretty much seal Ohio State's fate, uh, given who they're playing in the championship games? And Go ahead.
2: Well, I, I, I think it pretty much does, but here's the situation. If Oklahoma barely squeaks by Texas, and Ohio State lays one of those 69 to nothing jobs, no. uh, like, like they did on Wisconsin a few years ago, then, then I think there's an opportunity. You know, Oklahoma can always lose, too. So I, I, I thought Oklahoma would be ahead. Of Ohio State, it, it just depends on how impressive they are on Saturday, and if the committee, after doubting them with good reason all season, now buys in after they beat Michigan the way they did, and if they lay a big number on Northwestern. So, I, if you had to, if they both win, and Alabama and Clemson win, I, I believe
0: Ohio, uh, Oklahoma will get the fourth spot. Right. Okay, Tony. Uh, we know, and I think it's pretty... Uh, and I always ask you this because I, I say you you must tell me the score first before you make these proclamations that I gen- yes. that I generally agree with you. Alabama is in win or lose unless by, you know, some unforeseen act, which is not going to happen, they get, they get blown out the way Ohio State got blown out, you know, by Purdue or one of these kind of... That's not right. going to happen. But I was sort of looking closely to see whether the committee might have... They could have, I think, if they wanted to bump Georgia to three this week to leave, mm-hmm. Ro- to leave room open for Georgia losing and still making it. They didn't do that. So I, I, what does that mean? I, I, I think it means Georgia has to win. I, yeah, I think so, and that, that has certainly
2: come up. Because, the ar- guys, the argument goes, and I talked to Gary Danielson on CBS yesterday, the, ar- the, the argument he makes for Alabama win or lose, is that the committee, when you strip it all away, the committee is charged with picking the four best teams, not the four most deserving teams, not the four teams that have won their conference championships, not the four teams who have the nice uniforms. Okay, They are charged with picking the four best teams. He said, how can you look at that list of teams and think that Alabama is not one of the four best that's, yeah, you make a good point. The situation with Georgia, you could make that case, but I think once you get to two losses, uh, a lot of that stuff changes. And I, I don't believe Georgia can get in with two losses unless, well, unless right? Unless Ohio State and Oklahoma both lose. If they both lose and Georgia and loses a squeaker to Alabama, then you have got to look around and say, we're choosing from a lot of two loss teams. Georgia's better than those guys.
0: What about undefeated uh, Central Florida? They've had a
2: marvelous (laughs) season. (laughs) Very impressed with what they do. We hate we hate the fact that McKenzie Milton got hurt, but they've had a wonderful season, and we wish them the very best
0: in their uh, in their New Year's Six game. Okay, so Herb, the system is fixed. You say that every week. It's fixed. It's so this is a done deal
3: yeah I, I you know I, I just want to I, I just wanted to hang up and listen because <laughs> everything, everything Tony said, I agree with. <laughs> I agree with it all. you know, fewest that, losses. That's why in, I brought him in first. <laughs> but you know, the one thing that, that I get a kick out of is that the committee is charged with picking the four best teams. Now, as I mentioned in a column I did this week, I could make the case that Georgia is one of the four best teams. Even if they lose close to Alabama, right? But the two-loss thing trumps that. So mm-hmm. it's the four best teams, but you tweak the uh, you tweak the mandate to make it fit your your situation. Uh, and yeah, Central Florida. I, you know, the conspiracy theory is not even a theory; it just <laughs> is what it is.
0: Yes, a Jersey guy. Do you agree with this? Yeah, I'm
1: not going to argue with anything I was saying here, which is. Uh, Makes me uncomfortable, but but uh, <laughs> you know it, it's you're right. Everyone's right. I mean, it, it, the only thing that I, that I would say for Central Florida is is like Tony said, enjoy the Fiesta Bowl or the Peach ball and try and beat a team like LSU and and establish your credentials. That's about it.
0: Right. Um And it, what about Clemson? Can can Clemson aff- afford a, a close loss to Pitt? No. St- okay. no. Okay. No. Okay. Can't.
2: But they Pittsburgh. They're, they're gonna they're gonna boat race Pittsburgh, okay? I, know they, are. I know they are. Absolutely, yeah. boat race them. But no, Clemson's Clemson would I believe would be very vulnerable if you, when you look at the schedule that they play. ACC,
0: by the way, guys, was not very good this year. Uh, yes, <laughs> duly noted. Uh, <laughs> Tony, there there was an interesting. I was I talked to a Jersey guy about this this week. You know, had LSU one that you know that seventy-four, seventy-two defensive mm-hmm. defensive struggle uh last week. There was a scenario where the SEC, this is, you know, uh the, the dream scenario, they they possibly could have gotten three te- I mean L S U was not out L S U was seven, right? Yeah. I mean there was a That's scenario right. uh where it could have been a three a three which is exactly why this is, you know why the SEC salivates over this uh, well, 14 playoffs.
2: Think, think about this, guys. Let's say that
0: uh, LSU does win that game, and then
2: the rankings come out and they're still seven. Right. All right. Then, then we get to Saturday, and if exactly what you said, dude, if Ohio State loses, Oklahoma loses, now all of a sudden you've got all these two lost teams, and LSU is sitting there. With Georgia and Alabama, they could have gotten three teams in. Which is why I'm saying that they keep saying, "Well, you know, the SEC's got too many teams, so we need to go to eight teams, and that will solve all of our problems." Well, guess what? You got eight teams in. The SEC
0: gets three in under certain circumstances. So right, um, and we've we've seen LSU go from number seven to number two in a, in a final weekend. That, yep. that that happened one year. Uh, it with, certainly did. With two losses, it's funny how these things, you know, are, are kind of the symmetry of some of these things. Jersey guy, uh, you know, you have a big proposal. Uh, eight teams, how it all, how this could be easily settled in the eight team. Uh, tell us, tell our public about what you think should happen. Oh well,
1: you know, it, 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 I think nothing will happen unless the big ten gets shut out of, of, of the playoff for the second right. year in a row, and then Commissioner Delaney. We'll start talking about how how good an eighteen
0: playoff team looks. Well, uh, how about it's going uh, to happen? How about Sunday?
1: On, on Sunday, right? <laughs> if that happens, I guarantee by Sunday or Monday, Coach, Coach Commissioner Delaney will have some comment, or the Big Ten office will have some comment. Says, we need to reassess. Uh, this <laughs> <team>
0: <laughs> and we're we're uh, we're rescinding our nine game schedule. We're going back to eight games, which whatever. we did right. th- three years ago, and uh, we we've reconsidered all these things. Um, Herbie, do you think, do you think the system, do you like this system? Do you want to see a playoff or do you, I mean, 18? you know,
3: for, for a deck, for a couple of decades, I thought eight teams was the way to go. Uh, I still would like to see that if we could play the four quarterfinals on New Year's and then, you know, final four in January. But, uh, I think we were all there when we were talking to Bill Hancock a couple of years ago at the championship game. And. He was explaining, you know, the logistical uh, realities were just not going to – it just wasn't on the table. So I sort of dialed down my interest in an eight-team playoff. But I I think that would be a great way to go. And uh, if you guarantee a slot, you know, whether it's conference champion or let each conference decide – who they want oh, to send. Oh boy. Look, you know, because then then you, can, then you can sidestep that whole argument. Yeah, you know, yeah
2: what what it. what could go wrong there? Yeah. It,
3: it, <laughs> well, totally. uh, you know, but if you, you know, then you got screaming and you know, that's a detail to me. You guarantee a <laughs> slot to the five power conferences and then let the chips fall where they do uh on the other three, but then you get into situations where, you know, you have to guarantee slots to um the group of five, you know, the participation wow. prize that Blau likes to refer to, and um, you know, that's another, you know, kind of, <coughs> a, of a of a of a devil in the detail. Yeah. So I'm not that you know, I like the eight team concept in general, but the practical reality is that I, I don't see how they can anybody can agree to do that.
0: Um, the pro- one of the problems, is is that you know the the automatic qualifier thing, which. Sounded so sensible a month ago. If you look at it now, a, you know there's a, there's a scenario where Utah wins the Pac-12, Pitt wins the ACC, North wins, Northwestern wins the Big Ten. Then that doesn't the automatic qualifier doesn't look so good anymore, does it, Tony? No,
2: no, I, I, we are we are sixty we are sixty minutes of football away from having Pittsburgh. And Northwestern and Utah in the college football playoff. So, not that there's, no, a, you know, there's problem. <laughs> no, we're not.
1: We're, we're not in the final before, but in, yeah. As as
3: well, if, if you did a scenario before, with the yeah, conference yeah, champions, somebody's going to get left out. Part about that that I've heard people speak about is that the way to to circumvent that is to do away with divisions and just have a championship game with the two best teams from your league. I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, I guess that's what I'm saying. Is that the details are tricky things when you start going to that eight teamer?
2: Yeah, uh, I can. Well, I, I always love when people say, "Well, let's just do away with the conference championship games." Here's how that conversation would go: uh, No, somebody talks to the SEC. We really think it'd be in the best interest of everybody to do away with the conference championship games. The SEC says no, but thank you for asking.
0: Right, but that doesn't stop. <clears throat> yeah, that doesn't stop Dan Wetzel from laying out a. Of- you know the man who wrote uh, "Death to the BCS." Uh, he wrote with such such conviction. why that makes so much sense this week, eliminate these meaningless conference games, and then then the the answer is simple. So, you know, <clears throat> well,
3: you know, meaningless meaningless is an interesting word too. Right. I was listening to uh, some of our, our our young friends on uh, XM Sirius Radio the other day, and they're. They're talking about these games being meaningless. You know, if Northwestern wins a, a Big Ten title and goes to the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. that may be meaningless to the larger world. Same thing with Pitt. Same thing with Utah. Uh, you know, that may be meaningless to the outside world. But, you know, are we getting that jaded, you know, that yes. unless you're winning the national championship, it, it, it's meaningless? I, I, you know, I'm being a little facetious, but I'm not. You know, I, I think that's the beauty of college
2: football is there are levels of success. Obviously. Well, I, I made one. Of, I made one of the millennials mad the other day on Twitter because she tweeted out, "What is the purpose of playing a conference championship game?" And I wrote back to determine the conference champion. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be a- very good, and and and, that, and that's what it is. That's mm-hmm. it, it was. These games were never designed to be part of something else. They were an opportunity to play one game for a conference championship, get a uh, get a trophy and say that we were the
0: conference champions in 2018. This is, That's what they're deciding. This, this is like being able to hang, uh, you know, an AL West banner. or a, You know, some teams hang AL wildcard champions, you know, on right. their stadium. For 100 years, only two teams went to the World Series, you know, one champ. And, you know, it's so, you are know, giving uh, – I always used to joke, uh, you know, the bowl games is uh, – coaches love it because, you know, you can put a uh, – on a, on your next year's media guide, you can hold up the weed whacker bowl trophy and put it on your put it on your media guide. So it is important to you know to the MAC champion and to the Sunbelt champion. champion. Um, but 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 yeah, uh, Herb. I want to before we I forget about this. We have to address the must win victory for Jim Harbaugh <laughs> last week. And what yeah, and, you know, and what happens? I'm, what happens when you when you lose a must win game? <laughs> So take it away. Well,
3: I want to, I want to thank my editor Blau for beefing that up. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I think it's, it's an interesting one. I've been looking all week and I'm not seeing a whole lot of, uh, fallout other than that. He might change some assistance. Uh, there will be some, there will be some changes there for reasons that go beyond winning and losing. And there's guys like McIlwain who, who might or might not end up somewhere else. Um, I don't understand it either, you know. I think that it just the, the meltdown was just so complete that you would think that, you know, we always thought that Harbaugh will bolt to the NFL. Well, you know what? When you lose like that, who the wants, NFL might not be as interested. Yeah, who wants him now? And, and, you know, the other explanation that I'm hearing out of Ann Arbor is that he's really still behind in recruiting and, and, and Ohio State has better athletes. And and that holds true up to a point, but um, I, I guess the bottom line is that you know the must win wasn't exactly a must
0: win. Jersey guy, we heard we used to hear about Bud Foster's defense at Virginia Tech, and anytime you said, well, that's a Bud Foster defense, and we used to, hear, and then your guy Don Brown, that's a Bobby Don Brown, yep, that's a Don Brown defense. You can't do that to a Don Brown defense. Well, they get well, guess good. what? And <laughs> Why? How did that? How did that happen? It was such a, uh... I,
1: I, I don't think Don Brown can explain it. I mean, you know, and, and to tell you the truth, for three, three quarters, it was, I mean, it was, it was okay. that all of a sudden, in about you know, 10 minutes, it went from, what, 20, 28, 21 to, into the 50s? I, I have no idea what happened. Yeah. Uh, nor nor do I think Don Brown actually you does. Know,
3: <coughs> well, I think, I think part of the explanation would be that Ohio State had better athletes, and they were able to, to run those little crossing patterns in the middle, and because they were more athletic... Yeah. They could do it, but you know that goes against everything we heard about Don Brown and also but, about the, but, but the her, ability yeah, that I mean, Michigan
1: you, you had. This, you saw it every week. Did, during the during the last ten weeks until Saturday, wasn't Michigan significantly playing better than Ohio State across the board?
3: Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly right. I mean it makes no sense. I mean it, it,
1: it and, from here. that
3: standpoint. If oh, well. Michigan was ever, Michigan will never have a better situation going in you know, from uh, everything we know standpoint against Ohio State than they did going in on Saturday. I mean the only thing you could say is well they were on the road, but that you know, that shouldn't have mattered either. I mean yeah. you're so right, Blau. I mean there there was no there was no empirical way to project that result.
1: See, but I think I think the real story was that that, that, that coach Urban Meyer gave one when one for the Gipper speech before the game, saying how definitely ill he was, this might be his last game and they it came out in
2: one room, and now he's healthy again. This is great. <laughs> I'll stop that. Is, it, is, it, is this a great country, or what? <laughs> I'm telling you.
3: Great. Well, that might be part of it. I think the other thing is, you know, Michigan was laboring under a little bit of a burden of expectations, and we we see that, you know, all the time at the college level. I I don't know that either. I think I think that the ultimate the ultimate answer is the Jimmys and Joes were better in yes. Scarlet and Gray. But isn't
0: yep. it, and, and, both, and fellas, isn't it? Wouldn't it be ironic if, let's say, Alabama loses a close game to Georgia, which could, which could happen. Alabama's in no matter what, and, and Oklahoma loses. And all of a sudden, we have the same argument. We have the exact same argument, right? Am I am I missing something? Uh, Alabama or, or Ohio State? But Al- but Ohio State, you lost by 20 points on the road to a Big Ten team. You should have beaten. And then the argument's over again. What well, the only,
2: the only difference is that Ohio State had two losses.
0: Monster. Right, right, and they weren't it, right. and they weren't a conference champion either, right? So, no, they yeah, were. The oh, they were, yeah, they were, a okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but but same argument. It's it, Alabama's oh, getting yeah. Alabama's getting in over them.
2: <laughs> no,
3: that's right. Let me throw something else out there. Um, Ohio State, if they if they play the way they played before the Michigan game against Northwestern. Northwestern's got a chance in this game. Wait a, a minute! Of
0: wait a minute!
3: realize, I mean, Ohio State's been giving up big plays all year. Northwestern's offense has been improving all year. They have a senior quarterback who throws the ball pretty well, and he's not great mobility, but he's not terrible. Their running back has come out of nowhere. They got to really, you know, on, stay on your feet, true freshman. Bowser. Herb. I mean, and they also have some deception Herb. thing, you know, possibilities that have fooled Ohio State all fall until all of a sudden Michigan couldn't deal with it. I think that game could that that game could potentially it could go either way. I mean, it could be an Ohio uh, State blowout, but I wouldn't shock me if Northwestern really hangs Herb, around.
0: Herb, you, you, re, you realize that, that this is being recorded, right? This this podcast.
3: I do, I do, and you know what? <laughs> I mean, Northwestern, Northwestern is they've they do more? They've got better defensive linemen than you realize. You know, they've got this kid, guys, you know, who's going to be a real nice player on Sundays, and the other guys are decent. They've got a DB or two. They have more talent than, you know, the Nor- Northwestern perception usually is. Uh, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but because, you know, if Ohio State, you know, gets together and decides to play the way they played against Michigan, they're not, Northwestern's got not going to be on the same field with them, right. but if Ohio so State plays away, <laughs> well, I, went was, to, I went there for one year, what, one year, good. I'm saying that more, I'm saying that more because I saw almost, I saw all but one of their home games, I missed the Akron games, see they really should have <laughs> brought a limo over to get me there, um, they do hey. some things, they do some things better than you think.
1: Hey I'm I going to let you stand saying that by, by yourself, because I'm going to come up with a something that Tony made fun of
0: about like 10 seconds ago, I think that
1: Pittsburgh is going to have
3: Clemson a tougher game than anyone thinks. Oh, boy. Jeez, I I'm not... just telling you. I'm on, I go on record of saying that, okay? Oh, my. Oh. Well, see, now, Clemson, I don't know if I see that because Clemson and Dabo, they've been so solid all year. But you I'm look at Ohio
1: State. My gut feeling.
3: Ohio State, you know, they just barely got away from Maryland. And, and they, they let Minnesota and Indiana, they let a lot of teams hang around for a long, long time. And Northwestern is is consistently better than a lot of those teams, smarter uh, for sure. Boy, where, uh, I'll,
1: I'll go out and win. and and we next week we, we can all laugh at me in, in unison. But I think it's going to be a t- the toughest game the country has had since Syracuse.
0: Oh, that Pittsburgh after what your after what your Miami Canes did to, to Pitt last week. Pitt laid the biggest I, stinker bomb absolutely. I've ever seen. That was embarrassing. So. It, was, it, it, it was embarrassing. Just you know,
1: I'm, I'm just saying. I, I have a feeling. That's all I'm
0: telling. Okay, that sounds like a Beatles song to me, not a reality. <laughs> I've got a feeling. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, and I'll speak briefly about. And we'll move on. But um, I can tell you from the Rose Bowl standpoint. Look, the Rose Bowl's looking at. They could end up with a really good game. I mean, I, I didn't think this was possible, but Washington, Ohio State. Is a real possibility, or Washington, Michigan's a real possibility. Utah, Northwestern's also a possibility. I'm not so sure they're they're hot for that one. I will just say, this Pac-12 game Friday night, in uh, Santa Clara, site of the the national title game. I think tickets. I think you can get a ticket for 15 bucks. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, it's 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 you know it's the Buzz Buzzkill Bowl. Uh, moving along, I wanted to get into. Uh, We don't talk a lot about about the Heisman. We are all Heisman voters, and I think for good reason, because we want to see the season play out, and and yelling about the Heisman week in and week out is kind of counterproductive. But now, I think going into this weekend, this is the most exciting Heisman race because I I don't think it's a a Tua runaway. Tony may disagree, uh, but Tua, uh, Kyler Murray, and uh, Mr. Haskins of Ohio State, who who took a big step up last week, I mean phenomenal game in in a big moment. Uh, can this race be determined this weekend, Mark blouchin Absolutely, without question. What has to happen?
1: I, I think I, I think Georgia's got to basically make it a thirteen time game where they lose and two and two. doesn't throw any touchdown passes or one, right. and Murray has touchdown five or six touchdown passes.
0: Yeah, and 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 what does Haskins do? Well,
1: Haskins will be a factor, but I, I think it's between Murray and Tua, and Haskins could, could sneak in, but, but but Murray's gonna have to have a bad game
0: then. Tony, do you think it's still over? Tua, Tua is is the 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 adorn, adorned champion of uh, uh, the Heisman Trophy.
2: No, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's over. But I will say this: if Tua goes. North of three hundred, yeah oh that's gets, gets a couple of three touchdown passes, and Alabama wins
0: comfortably, yeah he's got it. yeah, yeah I agree yeah
2: I, I think that you know that's
3: the whole point I mean, the bottom has to fall out for Tua and the other guys, one or the other or both have to have great games it, 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 Tua is still the way to bet.
0: yeah, I just say it it's a lot more uh, I didn't think this was going to be a hard vote two weeks ago, and now I think it could be I could be sit we could be sitting there Sunday going, I don't know. I'm going to be calling you. Uh, well, he, he,
2: here's the thing about
0: Kyler Murray. As you go
2: back and look at his stats, you know, passing stats, they're very, very similar. Tua's only got two interceptions. Kyler Murray has run for 11 touchdowns, okay? And he's got a thousand he, yards he, rushing. He, he, he breaks. Yeah. I mean, that, that's not part of Tua's game. He, he's got great mobility, but this guy does design quarterback runs, uh, so I still I think Tua's is going to win, but Murray's having a great year. And yeah, he is, and he's Murray has the best
3: OPS
0: till. And if it was a most valuable player, take take the quarterbacks out out of the lineups of Alabama and Oklahoma and tell me their records. I mean, Alabama huh. would probably would still be undefeated. Oklahoma would not. Uh, Oklahoma would probably have three or four losses. Good point, Kyler. To, to that team is uh so much more important because he's had to he's had to been more important. That that's not taken away from Tua. He's had to been he has to will that team to win because their defense can't stop anybody and he's gotta he's gotta make plays over and over and over again to keep them, you know, competitive. So it it's uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. What are we looking at? Uh, let's take a look at the weekend game. Te- uh, Texas Oklahoma rematch. They haven't met twice in the same season for I think since nineteen o three or something like that. Is this a good thing for college football that they're playing again? Um, and and the Big Twelve going to this you know this championship game where. Uh you get you get scenarios like this. Tony, you you I mean
2: Oh uh, better than Oklahoma playing West Virginia again. Yeah. Okay. And that that was that was the scenario you were looking at and that would not have been good. I think the fact that the first game was a neutral site and one on the field goal. Yeah. Uh and and Oklahoma has a chance to avenge its only loss, you know, and, and get it in the playoffs, a lot of good storylines. A lot of good storylines.
0: Um Blau, what do you think about your old uh, uh, South, uh, Southwest Conference guy? Uh, you like Texas and Oklahoma playing twice in a season?
1: Not, not really, but it's, uh, like Tony said, it's, it's the best possible situation they could have had. West Virginia, Oklahoma, would have been a disaster for somebody. And the fact that, it, that, it, that it's Texas-Oklahoma, is, is, I mean, that, that's the best thing with that system they have where there's, where there's only one division and you're know, picking the two top teams. I mean, that's the best thing they, they possibly could have had. Uh, the Big Eight, the Big Twelve could have had. And and like Tony said, it's, it's 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 a it's a rematch. It's a you know revenge game for Oklahoma to get things. And Texas has got to hold on and prove itself. And and, and if they win, I mean, if Texas wins, it they'll go to the Sugar Bowl, which yeah. is not a bad
0: consolation prize. All right. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's let's wrap up quick, quickly, Tony. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, Paul Johnson apparently is retiring uh today from Georgia Tech uh, I don't know if that's been confirmed yet but it sounds like it's heading that way. it has been it um, has been yes uh you, you reacted to that and here's my uh, here's my my weird wicked thought he he sits out a year rests up and then and USC fails again and then and then he comes I, I want to see his triple option <laughs> I want to see his oh. triple option in the Pac12 with USC athletes that's just my fan at my little Weird fantasy dream, uh, I always wanted to see what his offense could do at the highest levels of of the sport
2: you yeah, know? Well, re- remember when uh, John Thompson the yeah. took over at Georgetown from Princeton, yeah he said, yeah, yeah, now he's going to run the Princeton offense with Georgetown athletes, yeah. Okay, so yeah it's the same it's the same thing I just want to um, see it
0: i want to see Paul, it.
2: Paul Johnson has been at Georgia Tech you know we all know what. Paul Johnson did at Navy. Uh, Paul Johnson was at Georgia Tech for eleven years. Yeah, that's in amazing. seven in seven of those eleven years, he finished first or second in the ACC Coastal. I I have, no, I have heard no fan base compl- outside of Auburn and Gus Malzahn. I have heard no fan base complain more about their coach than the Georgia Tech people complain about Paul Johnson because because the triple option doesn't do it for them. Yeah. But all, all all I know is the guy. They won an ACC championship in '09. Uh, they started at one and three and went seven and four uh, after that. Uh, you know, now I'm sure they'll go out and find a coach. But Georgia Tech's a tough place to yeah. coach because of the academic. You, you, you're recruiting in a much smaller pool than the university an hour away in Athens. And and the Georgia Tech people won't accept that. But that that's yeah. a fact. Paul John, Paul John, I don't think he's done coaching. He, has said, he, he said today he was going to take a break, and he, and he will. But yeah. I don't think he's done coaching. Listen
0: up, Trojan fans. I'm telling you. Of course, they'll never. <laughs> but,
2: but they, I, would, they would lose their <laughs> minds, dude. They would lose. Yeah. Who who was the quarterback in Arizona who did not want to play for an option guy? I know, when, I know, uh, I know. Coach Ken Tua Montelolo Right. was right. coming to. Yes,
0: I know the lineman, so. uh, the lineman uh, or the defensive. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. It, it's not, it's never going to happen. But I will remind you about boring running attacks. That when Oregon was winning under Bellotti and uh, and Chip Kelly, they led the Pac-12 in rushing every year. Yes, yes. So you know, if you you can be exciting and run uh, a, a spread attack. And, Tony, you touched on it, and we'll get out of here, but Gus Malzahn, uh, you know, it looks like he's going to survive, um, but uh, not without some <laughs> some changes, I guess. Was that kind of a... Well, I, right? this, it, it, this is...
2: I, I I hate to say it, you, you you can never say this is the most bizarre thing that Auburn's ever done. You can't, you can never <laughs> say that, okay? Because they're going a, a month later, they're gonna do something even more bizarre. I mean, what they, what they're talking about is they're leaning on Gus Malzahn to knock down his buyout, and if you said, if you don't do it, then we're gonna make life miserable for you here. You know, and and so what they're doing is essentially cutting the legs out from under. Uh, the football program. I, I mean, I, I I talked to some people from Auburn last night, and they just they cannot believe it is the most Auburn thing to do. And and, <laughs> and if they do this, then you 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 can't go recruiting. Because if he comes back under these set of circumstances, a recruit would say, "Hey, you're a lame duck coach. You're not going to be. I'm not coming to Auburn. Are yep. you kidding me?" And you know so, what? Yeah.
0: And you know what? Jim, Jimbo Fisher's licking his chops in that division. He's he's waiting for you know this kind of uh, vacuum, uh, you know that he can seize at least that second spot in the uh, or third spot in the division, um, but yeah it is weird. Uh, Jersey guy same sort of deal with Steve Adazio at, at BC uh, coming back but with uh, some conditional kind of handcuffs I guess. Uh, uh, but uh, you know another strange situation in in, in Chestnut Hill.
1: Yeah, I mean he was he was on he was on the hot seat, and, and then they decided what they wanted to do, and and because he had two more years on his con- on his contract, I meaning as Tony uh, referred to, you got to have at least three years on a contract to recruit, you know, uh, with any kind of co- confidence, because the other schools will use it against you. So basically, they they, they compromised and, and said, okay, we'll give you a one year extension, but it's a paper extension with the understanding that, that that if he doesn't if he doesn't produce better next year, which means more than seven wins. I mean, the joke is, uh, from our buddy Tom Lucci, that they should be called, instead of Boston College Eagle, the Boston College seventy sixes because they've been about 7-6, 7-6, 4, 7-6 seasons in 6 years, and the one was 3-9. Wow. So, and now they're were, 7-6 they were they again, they could be 7-6 again. So it's, it's it's a strange
0: situation at BC. Everything is strange at BC. Yeah, it's uh it is. Let's get out of here. I'll, I'll mention briefly the the, the speaking of strange, uh, strangely, uh, uh, Clay Helton is returning to USC. Although he's blown out his entire uh, half of his staff already. Um, but uh, and our and our friend Mac Brown, uh, you know, <laughs> and I, I'll say five or six years ago, I w- I would suggest to. USC folks, so you know you you want to look at Mac Brown. Uh, uh, he'd be the perfect coach for SC. He's a CEO type, and great with the media, and they laughed at me. I Go, I, I, well, guess what? He's also the same age as Nick Saban, so he's not too old. Uh, and but Mac Mac is going back to North Carolina, which uh, probably is perfect. I guess I guess Sally, his wife, said he had three choices to return. Uh, the Bahamas. Boys,
2: boys, boys I'll only I really tell you the Sally and I are so happy to be coming back to the University of North Carolina. It was a great, great place. We won that before. We'll win there again. We'll bring in Gene Chizik. He'll help us out. It's going to be
0: wonderful, and we're looking forward to it. That's, that's right. That's just, that's, that's perfect, Tony. And, and I think that's a good, you know, a good landing spot for them because they're terrible now, which is great because you can make them better. Uh, and uh, he has a chance to make him better. I don't know whether he can compete at the level that he, that, you know, that they were before. But uh, uh, but good for him. I, again, you know, I think USC had a, uh, had a chance, and I don't know what what they're thinking. Uh, I, I think Lynn Swan just didn't want to do anything. Uh, oh, know, right. Another I, I, that's usually the case. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to just that's don't do too, anything. That's, that's, that's too hard. I don't want to you know. You know, <laughs> you, Dwight, you fired
2: my guy T Martin, dude. Yeah. Come on,
0: yeah. T, you know, that's right. He's
2: coming. He'll come. He'll come home to Tennessee. He
0: should. He should. You know, T was taking a lot of heat. He got the play call and pulled from him a couple weeks ago, and that didn't really help. But there's got to be scapegoats in this situation. Um, but uh, you know, USC is in disarray. But uh, that's the way it goes. All right. Good session, boys. Let's get out of here, and then we'll we'll talk again soon. Adios.